Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? Come on, let's shout. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're so glad to have you with us today. Excited about what God is going to do in this service. I hope you come expecting a miracle. Because I believe God is here to perform one. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to see Brother Neely here with us today. Him and Sister Libby. Amen. Hallelujah. We're believing God to do a great work here today. Look at somebody and say, delay is not denial. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that there's times in our life that we want God to do things and it seems like he just puts it off? How many of you know that we've been in a hurry to get things done and at times and it seems like God's dragging his feet? But how many of you know that God has a plan? Amen. God's timing is everything. And a lot of the times the things that we want in life don't come at those at the times we want them or the time that we think they should happen. But here's the thing, when God shows up, doesn't matter how late we think he is. God has the ability to reach back and pull everything up and bring it to up to date. He, he don't have no problem with that. Because when he steps in on a scene, things change. Everything changes. Now, now, here we go. All right. All right, we're back in business. When God shows up, everything changes. It doesn't matter what was, it doesn't matter if anything was wrong before. He can change everything in the situation. When he comes in on the scene, he doesn't leave anything behind. He brings everything with him. He is all in all. Amen? Hallelujah. If you got your Bible, I want you to turn with me this morning to 1 Samuel the first chapter. I want you to understand this because I want you to know that a lot of us are praying for things and we're not seeing the things happen that we think ought to happen in the way that they ought to happen. But God has a plan. And his plan is bigger than our plan. It says now... There was a certain man in Rapham Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Joram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. I don't understand that, but. 
And it says, And the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Panana. Panana had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. A lot of people say that Hannah was barren. Hannah was not barren. The Lord had closed her womb. What are you saying? Sometimes we're praying and we're wanting things so bad in our life, but God doesn't want us to settle for anything. And a lot of times we would settle for a touch without getting really what God wants in our life. You see, because here Hannah wanted a son, but God needed a prophet. Hannah wanted a son... But God needed someone who could have their ear tuned into him so well that when they spoke that their words would never fall to the ground. Israel needed somebody that was going to raise up because at this time when, when Hannah was crying out for a son, Eli was not bringing correction to his sons because they was not keeping the house of God in the order that it should have been kept in. They were having sex at the door of the temple. They were doing all kind of lewd sexual things there. They were taking away from the people who brought sacrifice to God, taking away from them and using it for their own selves. So there was no correction that was going on there. And at this particular time, the, the, the priest's job in those days was to make sure that the house of God was in order so that when he came there to offer sacrifice, that God would accept the sacrifice. It was his job to make sure that there was fresh oil in the lamp so that the amp the lamp would be burning. It was his job to make sure that there was fresh bread in the house. It was his job to take care of the house of God. But Eli was not doing this, and because that he was not doing this, you can see the correlation as you read this story and continue going on that Eli's eyesight was going out. He could not see anymore, which means he could not discern the things that needed to be discerned. If we've ever been in a place, in a shape, in our, in our hearts, in our lives today, the house of God has come to the place to where we have traded in for, we've traded traded uh, discernment for suspicion. In other words, we're not able to see what we need to see and we're not able to discern the things that need to be discerned and we've traded discernment for suspicion. 
And Hannah was praying and asking God to give her a child because she was she had considered herself barren. But God had not considered her barren. He had just closed her womb because he said, Hannah, I don't want you just to have any child. What I'm wanting to place in you is I'm wanting to bring a change to this nation. Not just a touch of my spirit. I'm not wanting to bring somebody that can just preach another message. I'm wanting to bring somebody that can bring a change to this nation. Somebody that's going to bring them out of the darkness that they're in and bring them into a new place. And he, what he was saying is, Hannah, I don't want you to see the delay as denial. So Hannah continued on praying. And the Bible says that her rival, Penina, provoked her. Now, this didn't just go on for a little while. This, the Bible says that it happened yearly. So we know that this just was not a one-time event. That she went, and as she went to the temple each year, she was provoked. Now, Hannah could have become satisfied with just babysitting for Panana, Mouncing Panana's blessings on her knee. And that's a lot of times the way the church is. A lot of times we're satisfied as long as we just got a little blessing here and there every now and then. But God doesn't want to just have you to have just a little blessing. He wants to birth something in our hearts and in our lives that's going to bring a change to the things around us, to bring a change to the situations around us. That can only happen through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then when we get in our prayer closet and begin to seek Him and begin to sanctify ourselves and set ourselves apart unto Him and get in the presence of Almighty God until we begin to see a change in our own lives and when we can begin to see a change in our own lives, honey, I promise you it will begin to bring a change all around you. Don't let your delay be a denial. Hannah began to pray. She got to the point to where she wasn't just praying. She had pushed away the plate and she began to fast and she began to seek after God. And as she began to seek after God, oh, she went to the temple and Eli said to her, he said, put away your wine from you. Put away. And she said, I I had no wine. I've not had no intoxicating drink, but I'm a woman of a sorrowful soul. I'm praying and asking God to do something in my life. I need something to change inside of me. I'm asking God to work something in my life and to give me a son. He said, go. And the Bible says that when he spoke to her and told her to go and the Lord Lord do so to her as she had petitioned him, that her face was no longer sad. Because she knew she had received the promise of the Lord. See, some of us have been praying for years for things to happen. Some of us have been believing God to do things, uh, to, to change things in our life, and it hasn't happened the way that we envisioned it to happen. But just let me encourage you that delay is not denial. Amen? There was a woman. There was a woman in the Bible who, who came to Jesus In Luke, the 13th chapter, it says, Now Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. 
And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She didn't just have it one year. She had, didn't have it just two. She had it 18 years. She carried this. And the Bible says that she was bent over and could not, and, and, and we could no way raise herself up. Said, but when Jesus saw her, see, here's the thing. Here's the key. It don't matter what other people say about you. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter what other people are saying about you. When you get yourself in the eyes of the master and he begins to look on you, Jesus looked upon her and he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And, uh, and he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Don't let your delay be a denial. Don't you think that for one minute just because things have been delayed in your life that God has denied you the miracle that you're asking for? Don't you think, don't you think, but don't you just sit down on your problem either and say this is just the way it's going to be. Honey, get yourself up and get in the eyes of the master. Make sure you get in his line of sight because when you get in his line of sight, things are going to change. There was a man in John, the fifth chapter, who was laid at the pool of Bethesda. For 38 years, he endured this thing in his body. But one day, Jesus was passing by. See, he kept going there. We don't know the whole story behind it. We don't know how he had to fight through the discouragement we don't know all the things that he had to endure because things wasn't working out the way he had envisioned it. He thought, surely if I can just get there and get at the pool of Bethesda, somebody will be nice enough to put me in first. But it didn't happen that way. He kept on. But he kept on. He kept on getting there. And one day it happened when he was there at the pool of Bethesda and everybody was focused on the pool. The river come through the back door and Jesus come to him and said, Would you like to be made well? <laughs> See, there was a delay, but there was not a denial. God always has a plan. In John chapter 11, we see where the Bible talks about that a man who Jesus loved by the name of Lazarus was sick. And his sisters had called out to Jesus and told him, said, He whom you love is sick and is at the point of death. And Jesus heard about it. And the Bible says that Jesus stayed there two more days. Because... He had already knew that this was not, he said, his sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God might be revealed. Did it ever occur to you that what's going on in your life right now may not be for your focus, but for you to get your focus on him? And begin to understand that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. And to know that everything may seem like it's going down the tubes. That you serve a God that cannot fail. Who will not fail. Who will not back up. Who will always continue to go forward and begin to raise you up. Hallelujah. 
and they call for Lazarus and it's just like his sisters when they came to him they came to him like a bunch of church folk Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died if you had only been here Jesus said maybe you don't understand who I am because I am The resurrection and the life. And some of you need to put Jesus, I am, in whatever situation you're going through. I am. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He, come on. He is your miracle worker. Though the situation that you're going through right now, though the things that you're facing right now may seem like that you're going under and you're going to fail, God is not a God who fails. He's a God that will bring you over. Jesus said, I am. She said, Jesus said, your your brother will rise again. She said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection. And And Jesus said... I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who is dead shall live. (laughs) Come on now. And he went to a place that we don't want to go. It's easier for us to explain away why God is not doing miracles today than it is for us to roll the stone away and let God do what he wants to do. It's easier for us to cover it's easier for us to cover up the stink hmm, than it is to face it. But God's not called us to do that. He's called us to roll the stone away. <laughs> roll the stone away. And some of us have, have loved ones that we've, we've rolled a stone in front of the tomb and we've, we've counted them out because they got this addiction and they've got that addiction and they got that problem and they got this problem and, 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 and they're going through this in their life. And, you know, it would just take a miracle and we just might as well just push the stone here. And we need to understand that the God that we serve, He'll call them out by name. And when He calls them out, The only reason he used the name Lazarus or called him out by name because if he hadn't, everybody that would ever die on the face of the earth would have come out of the ground. That's the reason he makes it personal. Each and every one of us in this room, at some point in time, God has called out your name. He's called for you to come out. you got to come out of that situation. You can't stay there. you got to be willing to walk out of it. Oh, I know that I may be bound with grave clothes and that the world may be trying to put things around me that says I can't come out, but my God is calling me out, and when he calls me out, it doesn't matter how bad it seems to me, I can step out. That's my God. When he comes in on the scene, things change. People change. 
I don't care how dead it seems that they may be when you get it won't matter what the devil's tried to wrap you up with how he's tried to bind you with habits or addictions I'm telling you that when you begin to step out when you hear your name just begin to step out it may be just a little something tear but without it tear and when you come out you'll stand free 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 Your delay is not your denial. God has placed some, God's placed ministry in some people's lives today and it's been there and you've not been able to understand it. But it's time for you to come to the understanding that the delay, you thought you was barren because this wasn't working and that wasn't working. But what you need to understand is that God is not willing for you to just have anything. He's wanting you to have something that's going to bring forth a deliverance, that's going to bring forth a change to this county and to people around you. I feel this thing this morning. We give up on Jesus too quickly. We say because he don't come in a certain time that things can't happen. But the fact of the matter is that when he does show up, everything changes. But you got to be willing to roll the stone away. And you got to be willing to get involved because you may be the very some of the very ones that he's calling to say to you, now you go and loose him and let him go. Well, I don't want to get involved, Pastor. That's been the problem with the church and that's been the problem that we're in the shape that we're in right now. It's because there's been so many well-intentioned people that are unwilling to get involved. They're unwilling to take the grave clothes off of somebody. Oh, it's fine to pick them up and pin them back on them and tell them they got to carry this thing. But God has not called him to carry the sin of their life. He's called us to be separated from it. And it's the church's job to separate them from it. Hallelujah. Loose them and let them go. See, Jesus, when he comes in and moves, we think everything has to be in this way or that way in order for God to change a person's life. When all we need is the presence of God. Listen to me. I'm not interested in having good programs. Not just good programs. If we just going to have good programs, we might as well be a social society. I'm not willing to be a social society. I want to have the power of God. I want to have the anointing of God in such a way that when people come in, the, the, the times of their delay all of a sudden are pushed away and swept away by the presence of God. And they see that their delay has not been a denial, but God was trying to get them into a place, into a, a, a place to where he could do mighty things in them. And I don't believe that you're here by coincidence today. I believe that God is wanting 
wanting to do a supernatural miracle in somebody's life today. One of the greatest miracles that you'll ever see. I know that we want to see signs and wonders and all these kind of things. And we go, we shall, we will see those things. But we're not to follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are to follow us. And that will happen when we sanctify ourselves unto him and get in his presence. The greatest miracle you'll ever experience is someone giving their life to the Lord. Somehow we've swept that aside and we look for God to manifest through healing. And that's great. And he will do that. But we can't throw out one and keep just what we prefer. You either believe all the Bible or you don't believe none of the Bible. There's no halfway in between. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament's the Old Testament revealed. Delay is not denial. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. You hang on. Let's all stand. There's keys to seeing what God wants to do in and through our life. I believe that with all my heart. If we don't walk in righteousness and holiness, we're not going to see or benefit the blessings of God. I didn't say perfectness because none of us are going to be perfect on this side of heaven. But there has to be sanctification. There has to be holiness. There has to be righteousness. And there's enough of us in this room this morning that have prayed and sought after God to see supernatural occurrences take place. Delay is not denial. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever quit. You hold on to God because it may not be that the situation is working out just the way that you want it to because God's trying to do something for you and in you and through you to get you to where he can, you can receive not just what you want but what he wants in you. And I can tell you this through years of experience that what he wants for us 
is better than anything we can imagine. He didn't wake up this morning nervous, wondering how he was going to get us through our day. Wondering how we was going. He was going to just get us through service. No. He woke up. He didn't wake up. He's always been and will always be God. And on our best day, when we're on our highest level of faith and can see him in the best way that we possibly can and see him in all the grandeur that we possibly can, he's still bigger than anything we can imagine. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. If you're here this morning, maybe you haven't given your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Those are the ones I want you to come first. I want you to step out because, and, and, and here's the thing, just like Lazarus was called out of the grave. God makes our relationship with him personal. And you have to be the one step out. Nobody else can do that for you. You have to be the one to step out. So if he's speaking to you, I want you to come down. If you need to be rededicated to the Lord, come. If you need God to do any type of miracle in your life, I want you to come this morning. I want you to come down here. If we have to, we'll set chairs for people to sit in, whatever. If we have to come to you, we'll come to you too. You see, because just like the guy at the place, at the pool of Bethesda, I've seen something in this story that when you can't get to Jesus, Jesus will get to you.